Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. is revolting with steve and robot on the cycling independent episode 97 nattering nabobs of negativism mm. content warning i've <laughs> said that la- not life is nasty brutish and short which is this podcast sometimes never short uh that is both content warning and a subtle hint that maybe this podcast is life think about it go do go listen to some some positive stuff stuff that won't get your drawers in a wad right you're you're bunched you're bunch in a bunch don't uh, get your bunch in a bunch i, I have some shout outs i have some shout outs so last, wow. last week was my birthday and you mentioned it and then you i think you put something in your story or something said throw some beer money at stevel and uh, people actually did. And if I was more on the ball, I would have the names of everyone who threw some dough in my direction. And it was just little, you know, little fivers here and fivers there and tenors and stuff. And, uh, but I don't, I'm not, I don't have my act together. I'm not, I think my memory is getting worse and my cognitive function is declining like in like now and like on a monthly basis. Um, it's visible. It's fucked. But thank you to to everyone who who came through and you know helped bring in my fifty third year uh, with a little bit of financial support. That was very generous and and much appreciated. I spent about half of your birthday sucking my own dick for having such a good idea about how to tell people about your birthday. <laughs> I got shout-outs for Bart Gottschalk, uh, Jace Simabu, Scott Nelson for catching up their expired sub- TCI subscriptions. Thanks, fellas. And also for hitting the tip jar. A few of them realized that their uh, subscription had lapsed like two months prior, which is like how I roll with everything in my life. Right. And then they tr- they like put the money that hadn't been charged in the tip jar to make oh, like man. how... How mint is that? That's that's wild. Really great. I you know I I hate asking people for stuff. Um, I hate uh, you know leaning on people for support. I know everybody's just treading water and trying to keep their own heads above. Uh, you know, and so, and like, what are we offering? Like, what is this? We're just like a couple of schlubs who put this shit together and like, Hey, Hey, we invented jobs for ourselves. Now, can anybody, uh, is it, will anybody be generous enough to help support this? And the fact that people, the fact that people do and have is, uh, really encouraging and really appreciated always, always indescribably. So, so that's, that's pretty great. I agree with most of what you just said. However, if we were a couple of um, charming street buskers, uh, maybe Steve will plays the banjo and I've got one of those little washboards that I go. And you came up and you watched us for a whole goddamn hour. And maybe you like clapped along and smiled a little bit and tapped your foot and then just looked down at the hat. On the ground, it's probably some kind of pork pie hat that belongs to Stevel. Uh, and you just looked at it and were like, huh, thanks for the hour, guys, and walked away. How would you feel? Mm, well, I am putting myself in that position. I'm not. Uh, OK. I was just. I was just having a conversation recently about, like, why does work have to be laborious? and and thankless like 
yeah, we put uh, we put effort and and finances into the hardware that makes this uh, podcast possible. But really, we just sit and we're enjoying ourselves. I enjoy what I do for a living. I enjoy making art. I enjoy writing. I enjoy almost ninety five percent of everything I do. So therefore, is it less effort because I don't hate it? You know what I mean? Like, oh, you don't do, you're not working. You, you draw anyway. Like, well, that's not, that's not work. Or you, you know, you just get to have a, a fun conversation with your friend once a week. That's not work. I don't think you have to work at the sewage treatment plant in order to earn uh, the expectation of a living. Uh, I like talking with you also. I enjoy doing this podcast, but if we weren't, you know, if people weren't subscribing and kicking in, I wouldn't be like sending you a page of notes every day for our chit chat. Right. Right. <laughs> also, right? I should mention that we have a listener, Ralph, who, who does work in a sewage treatment plant. Oh. Uh, and he, he seems to like it. <laughs> I hope he gets rich. <laughs> I hope he's rich as fuck. <laughs> Finds all that flush, all that flush to money. Bags did we talk cocaine. about? Did we talk about um, shit tomatoes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we sure have. Uh, the bullet points are that tomato seeds are very tenacious. And, oh yeah. Uh, all of the chum that gets turned up and then like thrown out in the fields. Oftentimes, tomatoes will grow. Nothing else will, because it's just toxic sludge no it's not even sludge at that point it's just toxic dirt but tomato seeds will grow ralph was the one that brought us shit tomatoes yes no that was uh so mike rowe used to do before dirty jobs there was a an article in a local bay area paper called the wave and it was like that was i think it was called dirty jobs and it was interviews with people who had rough vocations and the shit tomato story was one that I read from a sewage treatment plant worker in, in that magazine. That is, you know, I think between the two of us, we almost have a whole functioning human memory. (laughs) Uh, well, we were kind of getting into that, uh, before we hit the record button, um, because well, okay. Well, I don't want to jump ahead. Uh, we've gotten our thanks. Uh, we've gotten our content warning. Uh, we oh, do last, huh? Yeah, last week's user question. Yeah, what was what was that? So the question was: Have you have the revolting music picks turned you on to any band or record that you absolutely loved oh, right. that you wouldn't have known about otherwise? And we got a very nice. I got a nice note from Z- our buddy Zane Jenkinson mm-hmm. uh, down down in new zealand uh i wonder if he thinks of himself as down in new zealand or whether we're we're up in the states i think he's just in new zealand oh okay fair enough yeah uh he discovered chat pile 68 tyler childers and brutus from our music picks damn that's a lot and then i got a note just this morning from brian imholt who discovered working man noise unit and he also told me that he has listened to every episode. So right. good, good job, you know, Brian. Here's an interesting thing that I've experienced uh, since having done, um, since having done All Hail the Black Market. Uh, men are oftentimes more uh, inclined to engage and respond and comment, while women oftentimes aren't. And I've looked at. I've looked at um, the analytics on my site and it's like 48% women and 52% men. Mm -hmm. And even one time I was in, I was, I did an event in Fort Collins and I was chatting with this woman and she said, you know, I couldn't tell, I wouldn't be able to tell the the gender of the voice. Like you have this very, the way that you write is, is (laughs) nonspecific, which was a huge compliment probably one of the greatest compliments I've ever had. Like it's, it's not written by a man. It's not written by a woman. It's not written for men. It's not written for women. It's just oftentimes women respond less. And I have heard from a number of people, a number of women who listen and enjoy, but they don't, they don't engage. 
And I no point really. I just think it's always, it's always been kind of a curious thing from, you know, I don't know, sociological standpoint, maybe. Um, mm. Cause I know women listen to this and I've been told as much anyway. And I know women read my site, but it's always men that respond to questions, whatever. Well, maybe it's only men that think other people are actually interested in their opinion. <laughs> uh, there's probably something to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Women are like, yeah, no one fucking cares. Uh, <laughs> that's right. And they just sit and they, you know, they listen to, uh, they listen to the jibber jabber and they're like, all right. You know, got some bands. Uh, now I'm going to get on with my life and not think about this anymore. Uh, right. Uh, right. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's great. Uh, I, I certainly have. Um, Chad Pyle, Roger Cadman turned me on to them. Uh, so that's like the third degree of separation. You turned me on to 68. Uh, maybe, maybe you turned me on to Brutus too. Fuck, I really am not bringing anything to the table. Um, that's not true at all so i've been listening to the drips non-stop since you brought them up oh drips are great and the band, i didn't even know they existed the band and the record that i'm going to bring up today is going to be i you're probably going to listen to it and be like yeah that's all right but well this is the pro this is the problem with the music picks is that a lot of times you pick something and then i go and listen to it um and then it's all I listen to for the next week. So then I have to come up with my own music pick, but I've only listened to your pick from the week before. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Before we move on, list the, the new listener question uh, for this week. Uh, I need some input. Is it okay to eat octopus? That's this week's listener question. I used to eat octopus. I used to enjoy it. And then I saw that my octopus teacher movie uh, documentary and I was like, oh, no. I can't eat these guys anymore. Uh, so I'm just curious. Is it OK to eat octopus? Do you eat octopus? I don't. I, I don't eat much meat at all. Well, OK, that's not true. Um, uh, not really. I don't know. I prefer not to eat anything with the face but i also get kind of anemic sometimes and um uh and then i and then i eat a little something here or there with the face <laughs> i have been eating and sort of embarrassingly i have been eating more beef than i have probably in 15 years and it's not to say that i eat a ton I just have been eating it with a little bit more frequency and I don't know if it's like, I feel inclined to for winter and I'm, you know, I got, got a bulk up or I don't, I don't know. I don't know what is the draw. Mm. I am, I am easily the most hypocritical um, carnivore ever. Like I, <laughs> I carry spiders outside. I carry crickets outside. There's no fucking way. If I see a squirrel in the road, I stop traffic and I yell at him to get back in the tree. Like I could not kill an animal. I couldn't hunt. I used to hate fishing when I was a kid, even though like my dad and I go backpacking and we'd be in the middle of fucking nowhere and I wouldn't have any food. The idea of killing a fish was so, uh, uh dis, 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 uh, disheartening for me. Um, but you know, you put a fucking chicken burrito in front of me and I'll destroy it. What if all, uh, meat, served to you had edible googly eyes on it just to remind you that it Ugh. came from an animal with a face so you like went to put the ketchup on your on your burger and there were a cup, pair of googly eyes looking up at you and you'd be like oh shit i don't think i don't know i don't, I don't you know, think i could do it i'm a i i'm a i'm a, a carnivore uh i am i would say that i'm vegetarian sympathetic uh i think in the future we'll all be vegetarians and i'm kind of down for that uh, but right now I'm still, um, still participating. Yeah. My, I my wife, Go I'm ahead. sorry. My wife signed us up for this meat CSA where we actually buy meat directly from the farmer. And that is some sort of vague, uh, moral cover for, for eating cheeseburgers once a week. 
Yeah, I did. That's how I grew up eating meat. We would buy a half a cow from these folks across the street from my elementary school. And we would have that in the freezer. Um, and then I didn't eat meat for a long time. And then I did. And then I didn't. And then I didn't for probably, uh, I don't know, 10 years or 15 years. Almost vegan with the exception of a, a lapse here and there. Um, and now I'm back to kind of just, I don't know, eating what comes in front of me. But I, I do try to make choice and I don't eat fast food, you know, like. Yeah. I used to have a, a girlfriend who was vegetarian. She's like, you know, you do, do it, be a vegetarian. Don't be a vegetarian, but don't eat fucking mass produced meat. Like that's the worst thing you could fucking do. If you're going to eat meat from a butcher where something was raised sustainably and processed ethically, if that's possible. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really conflicted on that. I think that's right. I think that's right. I'm not here to judge anyone, but I think that what you just said sort of expresses my viewpoint. Like, you know, try to eat uh, meat that is farmed in the correct way. Was it a head fuck for you at all to be eating cows that were in the field across from your elementary school? Like you would stare out the window because, of course, you weren't paying attention to class, but you'd stare out the window and you'd see the cows and you'd think, oh, shit. No. And in fact, like I would go over there and work. Sometimes like I would go and, you know, like pull hay off the truck and, mm-hmm. um, I don't, in the BMX, the little BMX track that some of the neighborhood kids built was right in the field, it, right next to where the cows were. So mm. I, I don't know. I, I didn't, it was oddly comforting to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question, but it wasn't, it wasn't anything that I, thought about because that's how the family made their living and that's how my family survived and we were all kind of like i don't know that just seems that literally is farm to table yeah you know farm to plant to truck to truck to freezer to table it doesn't it's, quite, it's not quite as catchy. <laughs> That's a good question. That's a good question. It's an interesting, it's an interesting concept. I think if we, and I think you're right. Like I've, I've seen interviews with uh, the beyond, beyond the person who owns the beyond company. And then there's a, uh, the impossible. And they're like, Oh, do you think there's any competition? Do you feel the competition between the two? And that's the both plant-based meat companies, uh, both of which are very good. Um, and they said, do you feel any competition between you and this other business? And they're like, no, it's not, it's not about that. Like the more, the more people that make plant-based meat substitutes, uh, the, the better it's not, it's a competition between us and, and meat. It's us and the, and the, and the, you know, the fucking cowschwitz on I five, which is just a horror show. If anybody who's driven down high five knows that the, the Harris ranch is maybe where people like Donald's rum Donald Rumsfeld will return to when they come back to the planet. Cause it's just, <laughs> it's the saddest, most grim spot on that I've ever seen. Uh, so where, what? Oh, I just thought that was an interesting, um, that was an interesting perspective. Like it's not a competition between these companies that make meat substitute. It's a competition between the companies that make meat su- substitute and the companies that process actual meat i mean it's like you and i say we're not competing with other cycling podcasts we're competing with the kardashians you know we just <laughs> it's us or them yeah it's a it's a hot that's definitely a hot button topic uh and i don't you know i don't judge if somebody's gonna decide to eat meat but i i do question anybody who you know eats like garbage meat that sucks uh well okay, let's get into uh music pick i got one yeah. you got one i do have one go on then mine uh is a band called daisy and the scouts uh they have one record that they it was out in 2017 called maggot um i got turned on to this record recently which is sort of embarrassing because daisy and the scouts is a boston band which i was unaware of <laughs> while they were active 
Uh, but this record is great. Uh, oh. It is nominally queer core. Um, so uh, Daisy and the Scouts, uh, several sort of non-binary members uh, and uh, a few femme identifying members. Uh, but it's just great. It's a great sort of punk rock record. It's like a it's like a a punk rock record with a good sense of humor and some sensitive highlights. Uh, really good musicianship. It's sort of the whole package. I really I've been listening to do it a bunch lately and really enjoying it. And I'm sorry that they broke up uh, because I would like to see them now. What are they? Uh, what are they up to? Do you know, is there any follow up? Well, I think part part of the reason they broke up is that they moved all like the four of them moved to different cities. Mm. Um, so they are still like one of them is still local and involved in a metal project called Non, and one is off went to like Memphis maybe to make uh, Americana. Um, it's a it's an interesting uh, story. Mm. They are mostly still making music or engineering music. Um, and and I think that is down to the fact that there's a lot of talent there. Interesting. Okay. Not heard of them. Not surprising. Just like usual, you come up with some shit that I love that they came from the place that you live and you didn't know that they existed, though. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. Uh, my pick this week, I'm very excited about. I was going to, I have another, I had another pick. Uh, and, uh, I'll probably do that next week, but I came across quite at random. I came across a band called single mothers who I know I first listened to on probably on like a vice magazine compilation in the, I don't know, 2000, 2011s, 2012s maybe. Uh, But they put a record out. I think it's the second record called negative qualities. Um, and I have been listening to that on repeat, like start to end. And then I started over again. And then there aren't that many bands. Like I listen to bands occasionally. And I think if I was in a band, this is the kind of music I would want to make. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you this, but I'm in a band. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, what? we've agreed. We have a guitarist, a, a prodigy another prodigy guitarist who's going to be playing bass and the drummer in our first meeting was supposed to be last night. And, uh, guess which one of the other three members flaked the prodigy guitarist. No, that fucking drummer. They're oh, the always, drum. My bad. My they're bad. My always bad. the ones that flake. Um, yeah, uh-huh. it's my friend Joe and Jordan and Christian. And we were all just kind of like Joe and I've been talking about doing something. And Jordan is brilliant. Uh, I mean, he's like too, too, too smart. Uh, he's too uh, adept a musician and he's just like, he's too good. But we were like, no, you just do the dumb bass parts. And he was like, yeah, cool. I mean, he hadn't played music with anybody for a little while. And then Christian plays guitar in a, uh, like a honky tonk band. He's like, man, I grew up playing drums. I just want to fucking rock. I'm tired of honky tonk. I want to rock. So we're like, all right, let's do it. And I've been writing. Like I've been writing pretty furiously the last few weeks. Why? We were going to, we were going to have a, we're going to have a practice last night. We're going to have a, like a sit down, start to put shit together. And then the drummer fucking ghosted us an hour before we were supposed to meet. So Mm. we'll try it again on Monday. Well, this is very exciting. I don't want to ask too many questions because I don't want to influence or, you know, like you need the freedom yeah. to, you know, uh, change your mind a bunch before things come to fruition. I, well, you know, and I haven't been, I haven't been in a band in years. Uh, I barely played bass in one project and uh, mostly just did like vocals and, and or light bass duties, but mostly since high school vocals. And it's like, just fun like fuck around things like we maybe we recorded a little bit here and there but nothing ever got flushed out very well and this might be the first time something actually gets flushed out (laughs) assuming we can actually meet with one another 
<laughs> you can all get in the same room. Something might happen. I've been thinking about playing music again. I haven't been in a band in years either. I've been thinking about uh, playing music again a little bit. I've actually I've been playing a little bit just to like see if my hands remember how to make the shapes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also writing just a tiny little bit. It'll probably go nowhere because that's what most of the things that I do do does do the things do. Well, how, that's what happens. Uh, nobody, nobody who's in bands are like living in the same city anymore. You know, like you record some shit and then send it to me and then I put some stuff together. I guess I need like a four track, but I mean, why not? You know, here, you want to be in the band? You're also in the band. Oh, great. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> straight. Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk to the other guys and tell them that we got another, another person in the band, but they live in Boston. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, that sounds that sounds so, good. Maybe you can zoom me in. Um, so I band, just music music pick. What let's just button that up. Daisy and the Scouts uh, and uh, Maggot, two thousand seventeen, and Single Mothers, Negative Qualities, two thousand fourteen. Love it. Also, a okay. uh, quick update on last week. I did steal my mother's record player. I oh. did. Oh, good. Yeah, so I'm Me? back into my record collection, and it feels so nice. You did, you know, oh, you didn't steal it from me. You didn't just get a new fucking belt. You had to go steal. You know, now I just see your mom just sitting alone, sad in her <laughs> easy chair with her afghan over her legs, like looking at these wires sticking out from behind her amplifiers. Just like <sighs> she she played one record on that thing in the year and a half she owned it. I and I I had to text my nephew because my nephew was talking about stealing it. And I was like, no, I'm going to steal it. So I texted him a photo of it at my house. He's like, what did you buy that? Or is that grandma's? And I was like, that's grandma's. <laughs> Poor lady. Poor lady. Just gets taken advantage of left, right and center. The other uh, thing I want to mention before we break for sponsorship is yes, that sir. there was a picture, a photograph of um Stevel that appeared I on Instagram is where I must have seen it where he's uh wearing a captain's hat <laughs> in his white in his very best white ensemble <laughs> looking so uh, handsome stellar Jesus so Christ. handsome I didn't I was it was for a wedding party and not a single person took a picture and I was talking to this woman the other night she said man you looked really sharp the other night i was like right i did fucking there's no documentation of it and she said oh i got some pictures so she sent them to me you can tell like my face was i was about 17 sheets to the wind so like i was a little bleary eyed but yeah a uh, captain white captain's hat a uh, white button-down shirt so sharp an olympia beard tie that i stole from my friend kb and i oxy cleaned it it used to be yellow and then I was like, that's kind of a weird color for a tie. And I oxy cleaned it and there was so much gunk and cigarette smoke and other <laughs> bullshit. And I, I hemmed up the back cause it was kind of coming a little bit un, unsewn. Um, my new battle vest, which I had a little bit of conflict with cause I don't think I've ever seen a white battle vest before. Oh, it's but exquisite. I'm, I'm uh, leading, leading, maybe leading the charge with a white battle vest. And uh, yeah, white Ben Davis and white Vans and a, and a white belt. I was <sighs> like, I was like a fucking boy band, a one man boy band. Well, um, your new uh, famous comedy friend Kyle Kinane chimed in and said that you looked like Captain John Ham. <laughs> I I'll, spoke with uh, our our friend Bob Scales, he of product of Bob Scales, and he said, "Holy shit, did you see that photo of Steve?" <laughs> He said, did he not look like a young Robert De Niro? And I was like, yeah, man. He, he uh, put all his handsomes on that day. Very kind. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, so my friend Joe, who's the guitarist in the band, and his amazing wife, Kirsten, they got married in May, and they had a party. And uh, yeah. we, you know, we had tamales, and it was all the Hodala crew came out, and we drank Structures beer and listened to metal and it was super fun. And then uh, a couple handfuls of us walked up to the bar where I work. Uh, and it was on a night that I was supposed to work, but I got it covered. Uh, this woman, SMA, took 
took door duties and I was the first person to walk in and I, I did like a super aggressive deep knee bend as soon as I walked in the door and did like 20 really uh, aggressive air punches like towards the ground like just yeah. to let her let her know like to assert dominance on everybody in the bar yeah that we were there to do work and uh <laughs> and I think you know I'm always just kind of like the quiet guy that sits in in the seat and draws and has says hello and thank you and then I was fucking keyed up that <laughs> I was keyed up that night did you pull something <laughs> no no no, I should probably too drunk, have. too drunk to pull something. <laughs> it's, you know, uh, drunk people never get hit when they get or never get hurt when they get hit by cars because they just ragdoll. <laughs> it's science. That's kind of where I was at. Like I was pretty, pretty heated, but man, I felt so good. I was in such a good mood. I was so happy for my friends and happy to see my friends and happy to be wearing all white. It was a perfect night. It was a perfect night. Well, that's, I love that story. I love that uh, photo. And now we can engage in uh, capitalistic sponsorship worship. Hi, it's Robot. By this point in the podcast, you're all in. You're going the distance. Not all your life choices are the best, but that's okay. None of us is perfect. Here's where I lay it on the line. We're going to entertain you for an hour. We'll do it again next week. In a month, we're going to give you four hours of belly laughs and deep, deep thoughts. All we need from you is a $3 a month subscription to the Cycling Independent. Three bucks, a cup of coffee, a really cheap beer. You've, you've got that money, and, and we need it. If you've got more, there are 5 and $10 subscriptions, but we're not pushing. We're not pleading. That $3 would help plenty. And now... Back to whatever inane nonsense we were talking about before. Oh, and we're back. So when we start recording, we always start at five. And when we come back from the ad, we start at three. And I fuck it up every <laughs> single time. Counting. How does it work? It's, it's the most professional thing we do where we count down from whatever number and then clap. Right. Um, this week, we're going negative. We've been asked to discuss our least favorite music of all time and where to start. I mean, just think about it. Over the world, musicians, both talented and not, are in studios committing all manner of sheer garbage to the permanent musical record. Now, this comes from uh, my friend Shannon St. Clair. I was looking for the message that he sent me, and I don't know on what platform he sent it, but he said that I was being very generous with my perspective of Jawbreaker. He goes, Fuck that schlocky bullshit snowboard video generic <laughs> garbage. I mean, he really like went big. And wow. I was I know I was gonna send it. I was I should have sent it to you because now I don't know where it is, but he was he was pissed. Oh he, he does not he does not like Jawbreaker. And so I'm I started so thinking, happy to have um, bunched his bunch. <laughs> then I was thinking like what do what music I mean there are there are two which I will which I will mention, uh, and again, Joe, the guitarist, he and I have both defined two songs that I will mention as the worst music ever fucking recorded. Like it, it make it makes me mad. Like hitting my head and peace signs in photos and people wearing fedoras makes me mad. Like I just, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I think I know what one of them is. Probably. And when I, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to leave it for you, but I think if I'm right, YouTube tried to make me listen to one of them the other day. And Brittany was there and I was like, I was trying to play some other music video and it was like, oh, it just auto started one of the ones I think you're going to say. Ooh. And I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Because, you know, once you <laughs> yeah. once you hear it, you can't. Yeah, you can't unhear it. And I'm reluctant to talk about either of them because they both just suck so bad. Um, and then. I also recently, like, shit that I hate, like, I got a brand new pet peeve occurred to me. Something happened, and I and I thought, man, I think this makes me even more mad than people talking in movie theaters, uh, people interrupting me, um, uh, people chiming in when I'm having, like, a spirited debate or discussion with someone else. 
and mm. a third party tells me to mellow out, like I fucking hate that. That's we've already discussed pet peeves in another episode. Uh, hitting my head, I really don't like hitting my head. Uh, so Most those are like my top. Those are my top four, I think. And yep. then something happened, and I thought, oh, this is this. I, apparently, I don't hate it that much because I don't remember what it was. <laughs> you told that whole. You said that whole thing just now, and you don't remember what the. The, the payoff is like what no. the new no it'll it'll come to me i'm sure it'll it'll something will happen it'll circle back around and then you know in future episode i'll say like oh yeah and the fifth thing was you know whatever stubbing my toe catching I mean, my I hand mean, I, in the lathe i do hate stubbing my toe um i don't remember you know what, what i was. hate is sneezing everyone likes sneezing i fucking hate sneezing oh no sneezing's great no, no, it's terrible. It's like my whole brain reboots. It's mm. like being attacked by an invisible badger. It's what it feels like to me. It has been said by people, probably <laughs> scientists. Oh, you're quoting people now? <laughs> uh, uh, sneeze is the closest physiological action one can have to an orgasm. Oh, man. I, I wish that that were truer. I enjoy sneezing. One day I would like to have an orgasm. I would like to sneeze. I would like to take ski boots off. and <laughs> uh, All at the same time, right? Yeah, maybe get, oh, uh, fucking hot, really, really, really hot shower water on uh, poison oak blisters. If I could Simultaneously. Do, oof, oh, my God. I think I would turn inside out in pleasure. <laughs> the, uh, the poison oak thing, that's called oakgasm. Oh. And it's. Um, it's like eyes roll back in your head, like weak in the knees kind of thing. And anybody, anybody who's had poison oak, not everybody experiences it. Um, but like when the, when it's already gone systemic and you've already got the blisters and the oil has been removed, you don't want to take a hot shower or a hot bath. Uh, if you've been exposed, exposed to poison oak or, or sumac or poison ivy or whatever, but once the blisters have happened and it itches, it's the only thing that scratches that itch. Yeah. And it feels so fucking good. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I've yeah, been so there. One of these days I'm going to do all of those things at the same time. <laughs> it's going to take some coordination for sure. Cause ski boots and timing. Oh man. I mean, it, that's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. I'm trying to think what mine would be. Mine would be like, orgasm first sip of morning coffee uh that's geez, doable. I don't, that's doable i mean that's easy <laughs> i don't know if it's easy i'm 51 for fuck's sake um we we just have spiraled away from the two most terrible songs of all time that you were about to name okay uh oh the first question is what do you hate and uh yeah. oh man what just, what do you got? Uh, what's it? I, I love hate and I hate everything else. Yeah. Isn't that a Peter, Peter bag quote? Hate comics. Um, I don't know. Hate such a strong word. There's a lot of stuff I dislike, but I don't know if I really hate anything. Oh, I definitely do. You're really? being nice again. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's just say, let's just say for the sake of, um, uh, but and it's also kind of like the mood I'm in, you know, if I'm exhausted and I've been on an airplane for fucking 28 hours and there's a baby next to me crying, I think the sound of a crying baby, I think I hate that. Um, given yep. this, you know, certain specific situational parameters. Um, uh, I hate intolerance, which is <laughs> kind of funny because that is just yep. me being intolerant of a baby crying. Yeah, but but social, uh, racial, gender, just fucking let, just stop, just shut your fucking mouth. Why? What is what? What benefit do you have? Do you think you're saving the earth by having some like sh shitty opinion about someone's own personal existence? Ugh, fuck it, that irks me. Um, uh, I hate getting stuff in my eyes. Yep. Yep. Uh, that checks out. Like bugs and sawdust. Oh, oh man, I 
this was like three weeks ago when it was still hot. I was working out in the park with my crew of people who work out in the park. And I straight like a bug. I saw it. <laughs> I fucking saw it from like 18 inches out. And I was like, oh, no. But my mouth was open. I don't know how like in the 18 inches it had to that I didn't get my mouth closed. <laughs> but I was like huffing and puffing at the time. And I saw it coming. I was like, <gasps> Oh. And then I'm like hacking and almost gagging and vomiting because this bug has kamikazed my tonsils. Yeah, that oh, that, that little worst. guy was he was bent and determined to end his own existence. I was I had been, I had a bad flu uh, several years ago, and I had you know I was like, all right, this is where it fucking starts. Like I get over the flu. I'm going to go out, I'm going on my first mountain bike ride since I had been sick as a dog. And I was like, new, new me, new day, new me. I'm going to yeah. get after it and I'm going to start building my fitness up and not 12 feet onto the trail. A uh, yellow jacket flew in my mouth and stung me <gasps> like deep in the throat. And I hacked the yellow jacket up and, and stomped on it just out of anger and pain. And then I was and it in the venom. My God. Uh, wasp venom is terrible tasting and um so i was like well uh i guess i'll ride tomorrow because i think my throat might close <laughs> so <laughs> I, should, <laughs> I should go home and i i called poison control i was like i don't know who else to call i think this might be bad and um I said, what do I do? And the guy's like, I don't know. I've never heard of this before. <laughs> so uh, uh I just let, I took some Benadryl because I do tend to swell up. I got a yellow jacket stung me right by my left nipple one time, flew down my Jersey and I, it, my boobs swelled up to like, like a, like an A cup, like it wow. swelled pretty bad. And I had to hold it when I ran down the stairs to keep it from bouncing. Ow. I know. And yellow jackets, yellow jacket stings swell pretty bad on me. And so, um, I laid on the floor for about, I don't know, an hour. And just like let cold water run down my throat to try to keep the swelling, but my vocal cords got all fucked up. It was, it was wild. Sorry, That's I just nuts. totally took. I took your story and said, "Yeah, your story, really." But hey, check my story is even better. Yeah, your story was better though. Like normally, I'd be like, "Fuck you, you stepped on my story." But no, I think you. I think, <laughs> I think you had bigger. Like that was good. Thanks. Uh, so getting yellow jackets in my throat. I think I hate that. But what are the, so you and Joe had two songs though that were the worst songs ever. You were about to say that oh. like fifteen or uh, an uh, hour ago. Okay, I will say I will preface uh, one of the song. I will preface both of the songs um, with a sort of a disclaimer. Uh, Linda Perry is an insanely talented songwriter. Insanely talented. This is and, the one that YouTube tried to make me listen to. And insanely prolific. But that one four non blonde song, I think it's called What's Up. I hate it. I hate it so much. I fucking hate it. it and, and, and Hodala, I think, I don't know if they found out, if Sally found out how much I hated it. And so now it's just like the thing that it's like become the fucking Hodala anthem. I hate it so much. Joe specifically Dem, dem, requested slash demanded of the DJ at his parties, like no matter what they fucking say, no matter what they pay you, do not play this fucking song. <laughs> I hate that song. Yeah, Secondly, yeah, it's rough. Chub, Chumbawamba Tub Thumper, also a fucking Hodala anthem. But the thing that I, the disclaimer is that, like Chumbawamba had like personnel from Crass, and I think they actually donated uh, most of the money that they made from that song to various uh, charitable organizations. So, and they're just like punk rockers who wrote a song that they knew the fucking normies would eat in mass. Uh, so uh, there's something sort of uh, redeeming about it in, in light of that. But those two songs can eat shit. I recorded a song in, in the basement of my first house with the bass player from Chumbawamba, who's a friend of my friend, my buddy Jeremy, who is in the band Control Group, who recorded with Steve Albini last year or the year before. 
They're all How's that for like a the degrees of separation? They're all legit. Yeah. They're all legit. I mean, not I mean every, if, as far as I know, everybody in Chumbawamba is super fucking legit, but that song fuck oh, yeah. sucks. Uh yeah, that one doesn't like I don't think it's good, but it doesn't make my blood boil. What's going on or whatever that Four Non Blonde song is. I fucking hate it. That's pretty rough. Um you know there's two things. First of all, any song that you already dislike is made 10 times worse by being played at the grocery store. But I was at the grocery store and um Cheryl Crow uh I I uh I, it's one of her like sunny happy songs came on and I'm like, you know, it's probably like a rainy day and I'm pushing the cart down the aisle and Cheryl Crow comes on telling me like, it's going to be a great day or something. And it just, I just wanted to explode. Um, the other Cheryl, one, I love Cheryl Crow. I don't own any of her music, but as I love her, I love her. I feel like she would, I think, I think she and I would have a really, uh, beautiful future together. If, if she ever met me. <laughs> She came from my mom's hometown, Kennett, Missouri. My mom was friends with her mom, and I think her mom taught my cousin how to play piano. Uh, so there, everyone plays that six degrees of Kevin Bacon game, but actually they should be playing the one degrees of revolting game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guess who I found out knows Bill Ward from Black Sabbath? Who? Is like friends with him, like goes and eats ice cream at his house. Is uh, my friend Kristen Farrell. And her husband Brad, who plays bass in adolescence. Like that what a nuts. weird fucking connection that is. I was like, I you know, the degrees of separation, like you know everybody through at least five people. I'd I say liked, four maybe. I liked that it was the the demonstration of the relationship was going goes to eat ice cream at his house. <laughs> that just shows you how fucking tight they are. I guess. Yeah, um, you don't go to you don't go to Bill Ward's. You go to Bill Ward's house to like discuss contracts or like, you know, I played a bass track on this thing. But like, you know, you go and eat ice cream with with Bill and his wife. That's a sign of true friendship. That's pretty tight. That's pretty tight. The other song uh, that I absolutely loathe, uh, especially in. Well, there's only one proper context for this song. I hate it in the proper context, but it's even worse in all the other contexts is the song Closing Time. Oh, how's that go? Uh, <laughs> I'm not singing Closing Time for who, you. Uh, who, who, who did that? I don't even know who did it. It's that song Closing Time. One last call for Alba, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I was, again, I was at the grocery store in the middle of the day and closing time comes on. I'm like, who's the fucking asshole? <laughs> Is the fucking Whole Foods closed at two? Uh, huh. I, it, the, I'm not crazy about that song, but it doesn't, isn't it interesting? Like, there's some stuff that just, it just kind of goes in your ear and doesn't settle. It doesn't germinate or, like it, it doesn't fuck with you, you know, like it, like those two songs almost hurt my nervous system. I hate them so bad, but in the same way that Shannon hates jawbreaker, like he was so, he was so venomous in his description yeah, of that band. I and I thought this is like, maybe this is kind of interesting, but, but I don't, I don't hate that song. I don't mm. love it. Uh, what's another one? Is there, is there any band? that you just absolutely can't fucking take like out just everything they do is the worst thing you've ever heard pretty much all of the boy bands give me physical pain because uh, i know because it isn't just that the songs are terrible which they are it's that their very existence is contrived their existence is contrived, but the, you don't see like, like you don't, you can't appreciate vocal talent. I mean, Backstreet, nope. Backstreet Boys, everybody is a fucking banger. You're so fucked. You're uh, fucked. I dare you to listen factual. to that. We know that already, though. I dare you to listen to that and not say, well, that actually, that's pretty fucking good. 
No, it's not. It is. I, it makes me even more angry because they can sing. It's uh, like I've been I've been the singer in bands and I'm awful. <laughs> but they can sing, but they choose to sing fucking garbage. You know, I hate the Foo Fighters. And Dave Grohl is just too many places and he has too many. I mean, whatever you can have too, you can have all the opinions, but why the fuck? I think at some point I wrote, uh, Dave Grohl is the Tony Hawk of shepherd fairies. If you have a question about skateboarding, who are you going to talk to? Tony Hawk clearly, but that dude was there for all of it. If you're going to have right. a question about art, you talk to shepherd fairy. I don't know why. And if you have a, and if you have a question about independent or underground or alternative air quote, alternative music, you got to talk to Dave Grohl. Just fucking shut up. But he did say at one point, he's like, don't go on the fucking voice. Don't go on. America's got talent. Start a fucking band, learn how to play an instrument, like meet up with your friends and write songs in a garage. And you, maybe you'll toil away in obscurity, but there's something, there's something pure and true about that where all of this other you know i think it, it i think it is super contrived um but you know I, I, i'm not mad at dave grohl for being dave grohl but it is i don't know why he has to be interviewed about everyone all the time forever and that's not his fault that's just you know you gotta add some star power like uh, like the fact that he was interviewed who's in inter there's two uh documentaries about the coachella valley one's called low low desert sound or low sound desert and then i don't remember what the other one was called they're both good they're both really good but the other one the name of which i can't remember they're talking that he's talking about the when the fucking first Caius album came out and he's like, Oh, I bought 25 of these CDs and I gave them it out to all my friends who fucking cares. You weren't there. You, you heard, you heard a band you liked fascinating <laughs> who fucking cares. Shut up. But it's not his fault. Cause the interviewers are like, Oh, you know who we need to talk to about like guitar tone. You know who we need to talk to about the history of electric guitars. You know who we need to talk to right. about every fucking a bit of banal minutia about punk rock is this guy because he's like king shit punk rock outsider well, uh, that's that's well th this is the other problem is that the foo fighters make this very vanilla they violate the fat what i call the thatch rule uh thatch the thatch was played in bands i played with in bands with thatch and his rule was you can play faster you can base play slow but you may not play mid-tempo Mm -hmm. And like the Foo Fighters are this legendary rock band that plays this vanilla mid-tempo shit. No, it's always been. I remember I really wanted to like it. I I wanted to like it like I like wanted to like Jane's Addiction. Mm. I wanted to, when these when these records came out, there was so much anticipation, and I and I and I read about them before I heard, ever heard them. You know, because it was like oh yeah. fucking Dave Grohl, one of the greatest, probably the arguably one of the greatest drummers of our generation. And, 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 and I loved what he did in scream. I loved what he did in Nirvana. Uh, I couldn't wait and I got it. And I was like, Oh my, it's like, it's like, I just was served a huge cake that was just made with saccharin. You know what I mean? It was like, it's like the diet soda. It's diet rock. Yeah. It's fucking unlistenable. And somehow they've become the avatar of modern rock and roll when it should be the Bronx. I contend that people can't it's vanilla shit rises to the top because people lack the ability to think critically. Uh, if, if mainstream music tells me this is what I'm supposed to like, this is what I'm going to like. I don't want to think outside. I don't want to turn over rocks and find the bug band. I don't want to do, I don't want to do any of this. I want to just like, I just want to sit here and be spoon fed schlock. See, now we're cooking with gas. Fuck the Foo Fighters. I love everything. It's I'm, I'm really pretty conflicted because I love so much of what he's done and so much of what he stands for. But that band is just not good they're just not good i'm not even mad at them like their music doesn't bother me it doesn't do anything it doesn't do for anything me. 
It checks. It's just, it checks no boxes. It's not exciting. I would rather think, listen. I'd rather listen to Nickelback, if I'm honest. Ooh, Nickelback. Ooh. You know, you talk. Everybody talks shit about Nickelback, but they write the fuck out of some hooks. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I love. I love everybody by the Backstreet Boys. I love hooks. I love good fucking bass lines. I love rhythm. Sure. And Foo Fighters has none of that. It wow, almost does. <laughs> almost does well the other thing that bothers me about them is you watch them perform and he's like sawing away like he's playing some serious shit i'm like this is mid what do you why do you have that pained look on your face you are playing mid-tempo garbage right now yeah i know people are gonna i know people are gonna get their panties in a bunch about this i hope that a bunch of people tell us we're assholes i about it. i like one rush song my favorite thing to do is make fun of Rush to Rush fans. That might be one of the greatest joys in my life. And uh, my friend Dave is a huge Rush fan. And I talk shit about Rush and he's like, oh, it's better than the fucking pedestrian generic bullshit monster magnet, blah, 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 shit you like. And I'm like, see, here's the difference. I have no personal stake in what monster magnet does. I like it, but I don't own it. I don't take that personally. Even if even if I was in the band and you were talking shit about the music that I put out, I've got who fucking cares? Your taste is different than my taste. If you are hypercritical about any output that I do, any creative output, any artwork, fine. Fuck. Of course it's not for everybody. That's the difference between everyone and people who love Rush is people who love Rush <laughs> are so fucking quick to be defiant and um and uh reactive when you talk shit about rush oh it must be terrible selling out millions of seats in its stadiums all over the world it's like okay so none of none of those people have taste it said that's right. all you're saying to me and the, and then that makes it doesn't look what the best movie of all time is disney's frozen for that reason <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I fucking everybody loves Raymond was one of the most uh, highly rated sitcoms uh, in the history of television. And it was fucking crap. So you, <laughs> you're telling me yep. that just because somebody something is popular is because it, it means automatically means that it's good. Not true. We have a I have a. There's a group of guys that I I I uh, uh, text with. Uh, we get together once a year, and we have this ongoing argument about whether Steely Dan is acceptable or not. And a few guys are like, "Oh, you gotta come on! That they got that stone cold groove." And the rest of us are like, "I would rather have my fucking fingernails pulled out with needle nose pliers than listen to fucking Steely Dan." Have you read uh, Steve Albini's take on Steely Dan on Twitter? Yes, I have, and I it's, love it so much. It's it's real good. It's real good. Hey, we're uh, closing in on an hour. I feel like we're really just well, kind of getting into the groove, but let's get to the last question, or the second question. <laughs> I want to say two things first. We have to give Steel, uh, uh, Steve Albini's take on Steely Dan, which is Steely Dan is what happens when you give the wedding band a minute to uh, air it out. <laughs> oh, to stretch out. Stretch you give out. the wedding band time to stretch out. <laughs> the second thing is the, the title of to, uh, the show today's Nattering Nabobs of Negativism is a quote from Spiro Agnew, uh, which is what he called the people who criticized uh, Richard Nixon's uh, general policies. Nattering Nabobs of Negativism. And I... I I kind of hate that we went negative today because we, in the space of like 14 minutes, we became total assholes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, fuck it. I mean, we've done so much, like, so much uplifting shit, and somebody's going to, anybody who knows me knows I hate Rush. No, anybody who knows me knows I hate that Four Non Blonde song. But I also countered both of those things. And there are some Rush songs. I don't know any of the names of them. Well, Working Man. There we go. That's a great know. fucking song. I love that song. Probably uh, sure. But but um, uh, I, I feel like th this is the this is the earmark of like proper uh, constructive. Well, not even constructive criticism. Criticism is that you. It's a shit sandwich. There's the good thing, and then there's the shit 
And then there's the good thing. Like I said, some good stuff. And then I said, but it's also fucking terrible in general. And yeah. I don't know. We've done mostly positive, uh, you know, riffing, uh, sure. uh, for lack of a better term on this, on this show. Uh, so, I mean, that open-ended question, like, well, what do you hate? That's fucking all kinds of stuff. Um, is there any music you just dis- disliked intensely when you first heard it, but came to, to like later? Fuck, this is like a, a whole other episode. It is. It is. I'm just going to say that um, my wife was listening to Duran Duran the other day, and I was like, man, this song, this song is a banger. I like this. When I was in high school, it was like everything that I, it was the embodiment of all that I hated. But I was like, yeah, I, yeah, Duran Duran, fuck it. Uh, I don't think I hated it, but I wasn't crazy about it. Uh, the Cure. I didn't, I really didn't like it in the 80s. And I fucking love it. I think Robert Smith can do. Is that his name? Yes. I, oh, yeah. oh, Jesus Christ. I just went like to r- fucking Robert Plant. I went to all of these different <laughs> Roberts. Uh, I just went blank. Um, I, I love, I love the cure. I think he's, I think they're incredible. Yeah. Um, a lot of kind of new wavy shit. Same. Um, I first, I really, really liked joy division and I don't really like joy division anymore. I think that they're really kind of overblown and over, um, uh, uh, elevated. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, I think that, um, I think that Interpol is a better version of joy division. I think the Silver Sun pickups are a better version of the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh I shit! Think. Uh, let's see. What That's is a band else? I dislike. Something else that I didn't like. There was something else that I didn't like when I first heard it. Um, oh well, like the '80s really didn't do much of anything for uh, like Bob Seger or ZZ Top, and then I later learned that the shit that Bob Seger was doing in the '60s and the shit that ZZ Top was doing in the 70s was fucking insanely cool um, because all I had was like the Silver Bullet Band and Sharp Dressed Man fuck that right? but like the shit that they were doing before was great um, and then there was probably something there was probably something else I don't know I just like I just went blank there with all the other stuff uh, and disliked Hank. No, we're not wrapping it up yet. Disliked intensely when you first heard it, but came to like later. You said Duran Duran. Uh, oh, fucking. No, I'll say Justin Timberlake's first record, but I actually loved that immediately. <laughs> All right, whatever. It'll come to me later. Uh, question Would you rather accidentally inhale the ashes of a dead person as their family tries to lay them to rest on an unfortunately windy day? Or have the local wino sneeze into your open mouth as you stoop down to put a shiny quarter in their cup. Um, I'm going to take ashes. Ashes over wino sneeze. Yeah, I'll breathe dead people all day long. Um, I'll breathe dead people all day long. If You know, we, like, we don't have a, what's called a pull quote in publishing uh, because <laughs> this is an audio format. But if there was a pull quote, for this episode, it would be all, I'll breathe dead people all day long. I did do, I moved a mummy uh, when I was doing art handling stuff. I uh, took a, like a case or a sarcophagus or something off of this mummy who may or may not have been King Tut. I don't know. They were trying to figure it out and they were doing all kinds of like testing on him. And the woman was like, definitely don't breathe any of this air like this. This is bad. It's, was, far- okay. it's Pharaoh farts from <laughs> two centuries ago, <laughs> five centuries ago. ago. Yeah, five, yeah, three I, centuries. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't breathe. But like ashes, uh, you know, if I caught a, if I caught a mouthful of it or a nose full of it, I'd be okay with that. I saw this happen up in Vermont uh, one time. We pulled over on this scenic overpass, and we were just sort of like looking out and like. 20 feet down from us, people were like over the guardrail <laughs> trying to dump ashes and they blew back across the highway. And we were all like, oh, fuck, get in the car. That's Big Lebowski. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, 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 that's yeah. classic, classic, classic cinem- cinematic moment. Um, uh, so you're going to, and what, uh, you would rather have the ashes of dead people in your lungs than a wino sneeze in your mouth. Yes. Hmm. 
I mean, what do we say? Like, you know, if it's like, it's like Hobo Terry, oh, you know, he's a good dude. Like, we hang out a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm kind of a germphobe, I guess. I, I'd rather, I'll take ashes. Ashes. Mm. Does it matter who the dead person is? No. Cremation is cremation. I think you pretty well. I mean, there's like little bits of bones and stuff. I see my friend Leroy was cremated and I had a bunch of his ashes and they, there was like a lot of actual like physical material left in there, like chunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It tends to be like grainy, mm-hmm. not a, not like ashy, right? Yeah. Um, um, there's the, always the Hitler test. What if it was Hitler? <laughs> Hitler's uh, ashes. You wouldn't want to breathe Hitler in. No, nah, I'd take the hobo sneeze. I want no okay, Hitler so it, in me. So it really depends on who the wino is. Like, is it a cheerful, happy ho- hobo? <laughs> or is it... Yeah. Oh. Scabby Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Scabby Steve sneezed in my mouth. Shit. Oh, no. I can never... Un- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow, that's a tough one. I wrote it. I don't know why I'm surprised. Um, There's always variables. And it also depends on how much ash you inhale. Mm-hmm. Is it open mouth ash, like inhale, where it's just like <gasps> in yeah. all in your lungs and all over the inside of your mouth, or it's nose, and then you're just like, oh, we got a little, a little sneezy. No, I think these are both open mouth. Open mouth, big open mouth inhale. Yeah. Uh, Still probably going to take the ash. I probably will, too. If dry feels better than wet. True. And that's that's another, uh, uh, what do you call it? Breathe the dead people. Um, dry is better than wet. <laughs> dry is better that, than wet is a good quote. Pull, pull yeah. quote. Okay, here's the outro. Uh, this has been real fun, but we got kittens to save from moderately, modestly, modestly high tree branches in a uh, pies to steal off windowsills. If you're good and you eat all your vegetables, we'll come back next week and do it all over again. On behalf of the Revolting Podcast and Second Independent, I'm Steve. And I'm Robot. Don't forget to say it.